how are you? Good, and you? Uh, I'm okay. Good, yeah, good. yeah, I'm okay. It was it was a rough couple of days, but uh, you know, you got cyberpunk now. What can I say? Now I'm feeling okay. <laughs> you have cyberpunk now, so everything is okay. I have cyberpunk now. Everything is fine. I feel like because I own cyberpunk now, basically, if I died tomorrow, everything would be fine. There are no more world problems. Yeah. I've really, I, I've. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting on this, yeah. I've just neatly tied everything together in a bun now that I have Cyberpunk. Hey, that's it. Um, yeah, we said hello. I guess we can also say this is episode 13 of Noob Talk, with perhaps one of the shortest hesitations I've ever made in announcing episode numbers. Yeah, I was floored. I hope Remy's not disappointed. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, I mean, since you just mentioned it, I guess let's just talk about Cyberpunk a bit. Um, yeah, so what are your first impressions? Yeah, well, I only played for an hour. Uh, I was very sad that I could only manage an hour. I mean, I was excited to try it. I guess I should preface this by saying I did watch a couple of reviews before uh, mm. buying it. Um, I was I was always going to wait until to see, make sure it's not unanimously reviled or something. Yeah, I, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw the initial IGN review. I was like, that sounds great. I'm in. I later saw the GameSpot review. We'll get to that. Um, but even the GameSpot review, my initial impression of that too, I'm like, oh, they're more critical, but they're still uh, fairly positive. Well, a seven is a good score. Um, totally, totally. Like totally. Uh, as as the video I was telling you about before. Yeah, uh, yeah. As a follow up to what you're saying, like I think a seven to me, if it's a game that you're super interested in, is totally a, 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 a like a play it score. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. I'd say. Yeah, seven seven to me is more of like a if you're not already into it, maybe think twice. Well, even Does five doesn't mean average. Five usually means bad. Yeah. No, no, but that's mean that's the thing. Like uh, according to this mm. this uh, video that I was just watching, explaining the ten on ten score thing. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting video. I mean, can you plug it for a second? Do you remember uh, enough to? <laughs> I was just watching it. It sounds really cool. Just I mean, before you got here, I was watching it. Yeah, I feel like we should talk about it. I'm I'm gonna watch it after the yeah. after the episode. It's, um... So here, while Teague is, is uh, frantically Googling, uh, <laughs> I can just say that basically he was telling me about this review, uh, sorry, this breakdown of review scores and how, I guess, critics score um, score their games and what a 10, a 10 on 10 may or may not mean. And for me, it seemed very illuminating. Right, yeah, it was just uh, it's, uh, Alana Pierce, uh, who used to work for IGN, I believe, right? Um, Does she not anymore? I can't remember. No, well, it says ex-IGN employee. Right. Um, but it, it just... Uh, the video is called 10 on 10 game reviews the truth and i mean it just uh it was just really interesting because i we we talked about it briefly uh, or well at one point and just i always took a 10 on 10 as being a perfect game therefore making it impossible that's not how they do it apparently according to this video mm. so i mean it was uh it was very interesting and uh yeah i mean i <laughs> if you're curious you should check it out yeah I mean, totally. uh, what's it called you know what it's called i just read it out um did you say it i, I it's I 10 on 10 game reviews the truth yeah by uh yeah. alana pierce cool on youtube yeah alana pierce is a she's like an og ign yeah 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 i'm pretty sure i used to listen to alana pierce on several of the old podcast beyonds i used to listen to okay when podcast beyond was dope as fuck uh, and it had yeah, it was hosted by Colin, who is now the host of the Sacred Symbols show. Right, love. right, right, right. And Greg, uh, Greg, I'm gonna blank, I'm blanking on the name. God, Greg was like the face of IGN for a long time until he he and Colin both quit to make 
a gaming station, like streaming station or something. Okay. And then they split up again, but whatever. Um, mm. But yeah, she used to be on the a lot of the podcasts beyond. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. She's well, she's been she's around for a while, and she she also explained the uh, the too much water uh, situation as well. <laughs> she had a whole video about it, and it was really uh, informative. And I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I, I I like this girl. I think she's uh, interesting. Well, she explains. She's stuff. the Australian one, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, um, but she just explains stuff clearly that I, you know, yeah. never. No, she's a thought. Pretty cogent lady. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were saying also that the way she sees a. Uh, not to say don't watch the video, but the way she sees a tan is more of a, as a masterpiece, right? Yeah, well, that's how gaming journalists view it. Um, right. So, so a 10 on 10 doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means it's a masterpiece. So yeah. it could still have some flaws and bugs or whatever, but it could still be considered a 10 on 10. I mean, that doesn't mean that it's perfect. Pretty much that the, there's no such thing as a perfect game all around. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, it kind of comes down to 10 on 10 could be still a masterpiece when it has a lot of bugs or not that part is very subjective right, right but right. it's you know it's it's worth watching the video if you're curious how they yeah. rank it because totally. it, again it's it's how the people that rank games <laughs> rank it uh, mm-hmm. what am I trying to critics yeah game yeah. critics yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, well, game journalists game journalists do it that's yeah. it cool um, so yeah cyberpunk played for an hour right I was talking about the game reviews uh, the game reviews seemed good so I'm like cool I'll try this got excited started playing it I'm definitely looking forward to having a lot more to say about this next time. Uh, I think I'm going to be playing it probably most of uh, from now until next uh, next time we record. Mm-hmm. It seemed cool to me. I'm playing it on a PS4. I had read already about uh, you know there being lots of bugs and stuff. I totally experienced um, I think only one bug in the hour that I played, but the f- somewhat famous now or almost memeing excuse me standing T bug. Oh you know, you no! Know, the, it the, does that too. The characters are just suddenly like this. Yeah, that seems to be like uh, that. That's it's in, a thing. That seems so many games. Um, Didn't know that. Like uh, straight up, I've seen that in like pretty much every online game I've ever played. Uh, like, so weird, man. Maybe not every. I don't. I, that that could be like a, a gross overgeneralization. No, I mean, but we talk a lot in superlatives. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Well, definitely. I do. A hundred percent. Conan, Red Dead. Yeah, Ark doesn't really have people. I've seen it all over. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's in Cyberpunk too. Totally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. There's one of those weird bugs where it's like suddenly a guy who is walking away while talking to me is like standing in a crazy weird T tea, uh, tea pose mm-hmm. and like still uttering his uh, his line. And it's like, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see more bugs, but my first hour really was fine. Yeah, yeah. My impression from reading the reviews was that the level of bugs are not going to annoy me. Okay. Or at least are not going to annoy me to the point where it heavily detracts from my enjoyment of the game. Okay, yeah. Whether that'll be true or not, I can't say. Mm-hmm. But I, that's what I think. Well, as long as the bugs are like the one you experienced, I think that, you know, that's super easy to push through. If there's yeah. things that are crashing your system, then, you know... Even just bugs where you have to just reload, like, two times for, like, one section of a quest or something. It's like, I can live with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. to me... I think a lot of the conversation around around the bugs in Cyberpunk, people are not bearing in mind sometimes the type of game this is. And I feel like it's a lot like, it's very similar to Fallout, the, the bugs existing in Fallout, Elder Scrolls, in these other huge similar games. Also, when I played Cyberpunk, my initial impression was also like, oh, this is like Fallout. Okay. Like, that was another sort of, that was my bubble bursting moment, was kind of like when I, you know, when you take away the veil of mystery surrounding the product. Right. I'm just like, oh, it's another Fallout. Not that that's a bad thing. Right, right. Uh, Fallout 3 is one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely adored it. 
Um, but Fallout had tons of bugs. Elder Scrolls had tons of bugs. I'm used to this stuff. I feel like Cyberpunk, from what I gather online, only has marginally more bugs than these other products. Okay. And that's, to me, I'm like, whatever. It's like, doable. That's I mean, fine. As I mean, long as it doesn't deter you from playing it, then I think that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And, I mean, you've, you've been waiting for this for a long time, as of most people, right? And there's quite a bit of excitement. So, I, I don't know. To me, I if I was waiting this long for something and this anxious to play I would push through these little things exactly and right like not yeah, I think don't, much of it you know? I don't buy the arguments of uh, wait six months to play Cybermonk I mean sure I guess you know if you're all, if one of your top priorities in playing video games is to play only finished products then yes of course wait six months I just don't think that that's how people are anybody approaches <laughs> video games yeah, right yeah. like who cares like I stop don't... warning people to like we get it say there's lots of bugs it's okay mm-hmm. you know like most people can live with some bugs. I think so. Yeah. But maybe I'll revise my opinion by next week. Well, yeah, who um, knows? After six hours of playing. Who knows? Kind of who knows? Yeah, I really only... like So I did the character creation. That was cool. Um, it looks like the attribute system. Nice. Thank you. Attribute system looks pretty interesting and like looks cool. Like looks like there's some nice RPG systems there. Um, I drove around the initial settlement. I took the nomad path. So I started outside the city. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, it was sort of like my... I, I started I, I don't read nearly enough as I should mm. but uh, over my cabin vacation uh, the past weekend I sorry I got into I started reading The Dark Tower again okay Do you, have you ever read that series? no, uh, no just the, the the comics uh, I'm gonna try try to persuade you to read it I don't time. read you know still anything you read uh, World War Z? Uh, yeah yeah but that was before I had a brain injury ah uh, true <laughs> well anyways um, yeah I was I was trying to role play uh, like the the lone gunslinger, okay, basically yeah, just yeah. Clint Eastwood. Um, like Stephen King's uh, uh, inspiration for the character is just Clint Eastwood, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to role play like a lone lone wolf guy. So I'm like, I'll take Nomad. You know, I'll like make him super like callous and, and uh, badass. Like we'll get a cowboy hat at some point. Sunburn. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I played through that section, drove around a bit, talked to some folks, started the basic quest stuff. And but barely scratched the surface. Like I got up a radio tower, like contact and contacted some friend of yours uh, to about a job. I think it's the main character, the other main character of the game, Jackie or something. Okay. It's like you all like Jackie is your first quest, no matter who you take. I think it's oh. just a question of how you meet him. Okay. Which can be in many okay. different ways. And that's it. So I mean, I like I'm excited to play more. It looks like more or less what I thought it was going to be. The, I guess the biggest negative, I suppose, is it looks pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it definitely does not look like trailers and screenshots I saw of the game playing on my PS4. Okay. You know, people keep saying it's a next-gen game, but also they're releasing only the PS4 and PS and Xbox One versions now. The PS5 native version is, like, to come. Hmm. I wonder if you play Cyberpunk today on a PS5. It's just backwards compatible, right? Like, yeah, will it make curious. it better at all? I, or is it only going to get better when the upgrade comes? Because it looks pretty like... I, I was tempted to say dog shit. Uh, that's uh, that's not true. Um, but it looks a little rough. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like uh, when you play on a high-end PC. Right, but know? also a lot of the videos and stuff that we watched were from dev kits, right? Which... True. Like, that's not even how it looks on a PS4 Pro or a PS5. Like, right. that's on, like, the highest-end gaming PC. Yeah possible right yeah so i do feel kind of slightly misled by a lot of uh information that i saw about the game okay in that sense right right but i mean that's when i see that they put out an ad i i don't expect it to look like that so much on my system 
like, uh, before the game's out, you know, like uh, yeah. I want to see a trailer of some actual gameplay, then, you know, it's nice to see across the bottom of the screen that this is on a PS4 or yeah. whatever, you know, like, but yeah. there is a noticeable difference on depending what it's being played on, right? Yeah, your point is extremely valid, um, but just from personal anecdotal experience, I've never... Uh, looked up information about a game and then been more shocked when I actually saw it on my system. Like, I remember, you know, I was super into Resident Evil 7 before it came out. Mm-hmm. I was looking up tons of stuff. You know, when I played it, I yep. noticed no difference. Okay. Right? Okay. Like Dragon Quest. You know, I was looking up tons of stuff about Dragon Quest Eleven. When I played it, no difference. Hmm. Like, most of the AAA titles that I have sought information about before consuming them... I never was like, oh, I was not expecting this to look like garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I, I hear you. I just, I've been fooled before by um, seeing a game. Well, I think, it, I can't remember what it was. You said Dragon Quest, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this might have been Dragon Age. Um, oh, and it looked amazing. It looked so good and, and whatever. And I didn't realize I was watching a PC uh, video. Mm. What a difference. <laughs> yeah. What a difference. And yeah, it's just like, again, but that was on me for not knowing that it was on PC. That made me consider getting a PC. You know, I was right. like, wow. If this is like, if games, if this is the difference in games from PC to console, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's not everything, right? But yeah. I was just floored by it. Yeah, this is the first time in my life that I've really understood when uh, the, now the thing that people say where they're like, oh, it looked good on PC. Yeah, this yeah. is the first time I've had had a really clear example of that, and like we're talking about like like I look at some of the textures on the wall and they look like super blurred. Yeah, okay, you that's know? that's to another level. I I noticed a difference in the Ghost of Tsushima. They did dial down the graphics. Red Dead as well. They did dial them down uh, for online. Interesting. Not very noticeable in Red Dead. I don't think I would have noticed in Ghosts if I hadn't heard about it. You know, like right. so. I don't know. You know, I I may have been looking too hard. I'm yeah. not sure. But uh, and it wasn't major or anything. But it was different. I think it's important to keep that in mind when you're seeing the 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 trailer or not the trailer, but just some gameplay footage. before the game. Yeah, footage before the game is out that. That's not on a system that you have access to. You know, totally. like... Uh, yeah. yeah, I never thought stronger. there was a problem before now. Yeah. But now well, I get it. You're yeah. right. But yeah, uh, you know, that aside, after noticing that, I played for a few minutes and I was like, whatever. You know, like, it, it bothered me for all of, like, five minutes, probably. Right, right. Because I don't think that's really... They looked amazing, the graphics, but that's not why I was interested in this game. No, no. You know, like... Um, and the characters still look totally fine. And now I just sort of can't wait to see what the actual gameplay is like. What's next? Still yeah, I have no idea, but um, I was uh, enjoying it. Actually, it's funny. Some videos make it look significantly better than other videos I've seen. It's it's super strange. I don't know. It might have to do with what they're on, though. You know, like hmm. um, you mean visually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The video they might be playing it on an Xbox Series X or whatever. Yeah. You know, the new um, makes me wonder. Yeah. Yeah, it's curious. Yeah, because I'm in my head, I'm like, if there's no native PS5, Xbox, uh, Series X, Series X version yet, then could it look that much better? Anyways. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Do you want to finish the What We've Been Playing segment or eat and come back? It's eat and come back. Deal. A uh, little break there. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about uh, what you've been playing? I've just been playing uh, Red Dead, actually. But as a new character, I decided to uh, to start over... Yeah, see how the game's changed since uh, since beta days and how the grinding is and, you know, all of that stuff. Really, the reason I did it is because it's more fun to troll people as a low-level. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I made a low-level character and uh, it's unbelievably fun to troll people with. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's pretty 
pretty basic, you know, just starting over, and it's brought the game back to a very high standing in my book. I mean, I, uh, it's an epic game. I've talked a lot of shit about it, for sure. You have? Yeah. But uh, overall, like, you make your own fun in these things. Yeah. And you can have more fun in this game than, like, most other games I can think of. Yeah. You know? But, again, you make your own fun, so. Totally. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. All right. Um, well, yeah, so, you know, we started off, kind of got things all mixed up and in order, but uh, there's a story on IGN. I saw the title, and I was both like, oh, that's cool that it's a... It's an IGN op-ed. It's an actual journalistic piece. Mm. Uh, and also, it's about EVE Online, and that's just... Sounds cool, right? Yeah, it's a franchise that I've always been kind of fascinated by. Um, so the headline reads, How EVE Online's players started a war that cost that has cost 700000 uh, US dollars. Um, and I guess the headlines actually just started a war that cost 700 k And I was just like, oh, that's a cool title. I mean, I'm, I'm interested. I'm know? curious, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a super interesting article, but I never really... I had to, when I finished the whole thing, I had to go back and be like, wait, what was the 700000 about? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think that's just... I sort of miss... It's a really easily misread quote for clearly sensational reasons. Don't blame them. Uh, but it's, I think it's, yeah, cost over $700,000 worth of virtual property damage. <laughs> okay. Which does make sense when you think about it, because what they're trying to say is that EVE Online does have uh, some sort of microtransaction thing. Uh, where you, okay. can, you can probably purchase in-game resources with real money if you want. Um, oh. I don't, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't really know. Okay. Um, but the article didn't say anything about it. Other than just stating it had caused over seven hundred thousand dollars of virtual property damage, so I really have no idea what the person meant by that. Yeah, that's very I'm, interesting. Yeah, I, it's kind of it's sort of that was the part that grabbed me. I was like, "What is this?" You know. And they don't actually explain it. No. So it's a shitty article. Well, <laughs> in that sense, yes. Well, I mean, um, it, it doesn't explain the headline. I mean, I think that's a shitty article in pretty much any sense. No. Uh, to me, it's just it's a clear example of like just writing a sensational headline. To, yeah, it's uh, clickbait. Yeah, it's clickbait. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But the article itself was pretty interesting. Okay, okay. Because um, the article itself was... So, yeah, I was I liked it for reasons other than the initial headline. <laughs> but Okay. Uh, look, well, that's that's something, you know. Totally, totally. Uh, so, to recap briefly, EVE Online is a game that we discussed extremely briefly in, like, episode two of the podcast, I think. Um, but it's this crazy online MMO that I knew had a following. That's um, something to do with, like ship fleet battles, resource gathering in space, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Simulation-ish or real-time strategy-ish, not sure. And I talked about it previously because it had that ill-fated Dust 514 game spinoff on PS3, which was unique because... They're both pretty unique, but unique because um, Dust 514 was a game that interfaced with EVE Online, but in an asymmetrical way. Like, it was... Because in, in somehow in EVE Online, people would, like create battles or pay for contracts or something and then those contracts would be carried out in this sort of first person action game Dust 514 okay. on the PS3 that's very cool super I mean, weird you look out there just... yeah that's what initially got this game on my radar well fair enough just fucking weird it's um, very strange yeah yeah but the article was really cool it was just basically it's all about how EVE Online is the largest persistent world in the game and basically uh, sorry largest persistent online world in that realm period, because it's unique, because it has one server, and everyone is always on that server. Okay. So yeah, there's no such thing as, like, 
I'll go to a different server. Right, right. You know, if you meet someone in the one place, they may not be in another place. They're always there at all times. That's very cool. It's interesting, yeah. And so that gives it a truly persistent world that a lot of online games don't have. Right. Because um, there's no such thing as like instances, other instances and stuff. Mm. And so also what makes that, the part of the neat things that come from that is that people in this community have had wars. Like there have been like major wars in the EVE world. Again, I understand very little about this, but it's like, also in EVE, um, people have all sorts of roles where it's like, every in-game resource has to be actually cultivated by a real person, apparently, or very close to every in-game resource. So it's like, you can have people, you know, mining the materials and, and, and then using those to, you need the materials to make the like starship fields or something to make the starships, to fly the starships. And every, every part of this process has to be actually gathered. Okay. You can't just go and buy stuff. So then, but then once you have people doing each step of that production, you start to, like, in-game roles and communities start to evolve where you can now buy these products for other people because they've taken the time to build them. Right, right. So it's like you can have jobs in the game kind of like in real life. You can go and mine the stuff. Or you can be the guy who is, like, buying and selling ships. Yeah. Or you can be the, I don't know, space pirate who is just buying ships and using them to, like, mess with other people, hmm. steal resources, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, alliances in the game, political factions. It sounds wild. And it's a lot of fun. totally wild. Like, I, and you know, weird. I think I've actually seen some gameplay of it, um, talking about mining to make an airfield and stuff like that. I think I may have seen a video of it. And it, if it is what I'm thinking, it looked amazing. Yeah, um, it sounds like something that could be in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've I, never actually seen footage myself. Maybe a screenshot here and there. Okay. Eve Online? Eve Online, yeah. I don't know if there was an Eve not online to begin with. Well, it doesn't yeah. sound like. <laughs> like, I, I mean, in terms I of just like. I wonder if it's a sequel or not. The fact that. Well, yeah, maybe, I guess. Like a sequel to a single player game, maybe? I don't know. How they have, like, Final Fantasy Online. Well, uh, I'm going to look up a battle later. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm fascinated too. But um, I'm also even more fascinated now to. I really want to jog my memory with, like, what was that Dust 514 game? Why did it suck so much? Anyways, the article is basically just about how there is currently a massive intergalactic war going on between these two major factions, where there's one, like, trolly evil faction and, like, one coalition of, like, other factions that have decided to finally take on this, like, giant yeah, megalith yeah, yeah. troll faction. And there's, like, battles going on all the time. Sounds amazing. It sounds crazy. There's... There's imperial propaganda uh, streams from like the leader of the evil empire. Like these are we're talking about real like you know videos being made as imperial propaganda to his own members to like you know bolster their spirits for like the the, the fight against the whoever the faction. It's totally. It sounds totally crazy. Starship like, Troopers. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's super That's, fucking cool. That sounds very neat. I'm and gonna look the cool thing this. about Dust Five and Four. Excuse me, I, I'm getting really excited here. I'm probably talking way too loud. But uh, the cool thing about 514 is that Dust 514 sounded like it was Starship Troopers. It sounded like the, the part where you go on the planet and you fight the bugs. It weren't bugs, but it's like right. it was a planet side version of this galactic thing going on. Crazy. It sounded super neat. Yeah. yeah. Dust 514 too was famous because they had. Um, this might not be unique to Dust, it may be also in Eve, but there was all this talk of like they hired actual economists to work with uh, the people creating 
creating Dust 514 and integrating it with EVE to ensure that the virtual currencies would like not implode once these two games started to talk to each other too. Okay, yeah. You know, like they ha they had all this like really fascinating like economics research going along. I with guess you'd have projects. to, right? To, kind of to have this kind of depth in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, uh... Super wild, but um, I I won't say much more. But it basically just it's a really weird, interesting phenomenon. This game, hmm. and go check out the article if you're interested. Um, I'm gonna check out the game honestly. I mean, it, even if it's not too. action and stuff, I do like building shit and I get I get hooked on these grinding you do, games yeah. you know like yeah, uh, yeah. the concept that it's always anyone you interact with will always remember what you did mm. and will never be in a different server I love it it's a whole I new level I love it uh, I want to be a pirate I want to be a pirate it sounds cool it sounds yeah. really cool I want to yeah. be a I space cowboy a, I would love to be a space cowboy <laughs> Yo, absolutely. Uh, that's why it kills me you didn't like Cowboy Bebop I'm like come on space cowboys uh, okay. you know Oh, too old timey. <laughs> too old timey animation. Not, I don't know, man. Not enough know, action. Man. Anyways, uh, yeah, cool game. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out for cool sure. Article. Oh yeah, I guess one last thing of note too. Um, apparently, uh, Eve Online holds two Guinness World Records, and I, one may be a super a superseded record of the previous one. I, right. I, that I'm not sure about. But they do hold two Guinness World Records for the most amount of people participating in one given event or engagement it's a battle in the game and it's 8,000 players in the same battle that's absolutely insane it's pretty crazy it yeah. sounds so cool I don't even know what that could look like I've n I can't picture it you know but apparently it happened well when I punched it in uh, EVE Online battle of uh, WST8 <laughs> largest battle in MMO history uh, it's an hour and two minute video oh, man. Um, so we can watch it uh, oh man! Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna check it out later. That sounds really well, cool. Yeah, I want to see too. Yeah. I am watching this. Cool, um, cool. Eight thousand people participating in the same battle is that's, pretty nuts. That's insane. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like so much fun. It's really cool and such a shit show. Um, yeah, like, it must be. The commu how do you communicate? Like, I don't know. I Dude. mean, it must be real world, right? It's like, real world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, wow. I've been deeply fascinated by these, um, all these online communities since the beginning of this whole phenomenon I, I have participated in almost none but i've been re like I, I i read an entire book about it called dungeons and dreamers oh uh, uh, yeah you mentioned it yeah i can't remember who it's by but it's a it's a phenomenal book about the rise of online communities and gaming um and it mostly talks about how early U ultima online started this whole thing i think ultima online uh, precedes uh, ever everquest okay yeah. wow um and in ultima online players could literally kind of do anything so they could create their own buildings and businesses. They could then run those businesses. They could then have like you know elect town mayors who would do stuff in the town. Mm -hmm. Like I think they could elect their own admins. So like it, like decide who gets the rights to change stuff in the game. There's this whole massive like crazy po political thing mm -hmm. where like you could do almost everything you could imagine in a real world inside this game. Mm -hmm. And on paper too, it was ult uh, the Ultima series has been a, a long-standing RPG series by Richard Garriott, a uh, very famous uh, RPG creator for PC. And, um, you know, Ultima also contains stuff like uh, slaying monsters and stuff. So it's, right, like, it's a fantasy right. RPG. Okay, okay. So it's got those trappings, too. Nice, you know, and, nice. And, like, all this crazy politics stuff. Yeah. Well, there cool is... Book. It's Yeah, I believe it. There's uh, some weird uh, hierarchy in uh, online games. Like, uh, yeah. I've noticed a lot in Red Dead. They, people take it so seriously and yeah. think of it as a gang. And it is, like, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean... It's still a game. Um, it is. You know? Yeah. And I just, uh, I don't know. I find it funny how how seriously some people take it. Me too. <laughs> and that's why I've had to troll. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no choice. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, you know, all this discussion about online stuff, communities, your RDO experience, uh, EVE Online. 
I really, really, really hope when the Cyberpunk multiplayer comes out, it's something cool where I can like do vaguely stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like meet up with people and like make some sort of gang and then just mess with other people. I I will I, buy that if that's how it works. Like, and I don't already own it. I would buy it that second, <laughs> like right away. I yeah. Uh, yeah. That I is, that is my cup knock, of tea. Knock on wood. Yeah. That's not yeah. wood. <laughs> <laughs> knock on the uh, press board. Press board? <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's some <laughs> shitty old... Uh, I don't even know what it's called. At least you know the name. Yeah, I'm guessing um, it's press board. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh, you want to move on? Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know I've much... I've been doing a lot of talking. Yeah, I don't know much about this Smash Bros. business. That's um, fine. I can handle that. I say let's... Uh, well, let's talk about the uh, the epilepsy and the cyberpunk. Yeah, man. Totally. Um, um, so here, number one. Cyberpunk adds epilepsy warning after reviewer warns of seizures. Yeah, uh, yeah. The a reviewer had a serious seizure, I believe, and uh, <laughs> that 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 can happen. Uh, that can I, happen. I hear from uh, having epilepsy and playing video games. Um, yep. Some games more As than we've others. Seen in warning messages in video games for roughly the past. T- 30 years? 20 years? 30 years? I'm, I'm, I'm just going with, you know... Yeah, mo- most people have seen the right the warnings that come at the beginning of a lot of games. Say, yeah, warning, yeah, this yeah. game may contain things that cause uh, photo photosens- uh, photosensitive seizures. I yeah. can't remember what it's called. But, I mean, just because it's been a case for, for a long time doesn't mean that they don't need a warning, too. You know, like, uh, they True. should just put it in there. And I think that's a I'm... very fair thing to ask, you know. But anyways, I think it's uh, very fair for them to add... Again, uh, uh, a warning, and uh, sure. well, that's yeah. that's basically it. I mean, I I don't think changing, you know, getting rid of it is really an idea. Uh, when I saw the idea. when I saw that, sorry to interrupt you. When I saw the headline, I guess what drew my attention was I was like, should I be worried about playing this game? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, just because it was really like, uh... well, it, it it actually is relevant to me. Like, uh, yeah. I, I like I don't have epilepsy, but I do have serious sensitivity to uh, flashing lights and all kinds of things. So right. it, I guarantee it would drive me crazy. Probably give me a migraine or... It, give parts, you a brain dance? Parts, yeah, yeah. Parts may be absolutely unplayable. I don't know. But because of that, I'm not going to play it right, right now until I know more about it. Sure. You know? uh, just, just in case. I mean, it, it, if I get a headache every time I play it, I'm not going to want to play it. You know? yeah. So we'll wait a little while, but a very fair thing to ask for a warning. I, I don't see a problem with it. I don't. I didn't really see anything in any. I mean, I read the article off the BBC. We saw a video together about a guy responding to it. There, yeah, Jeremy from the Quartering. Right. Yeah, he was discussing the the, the, the epilepsy. epilepsy stuff. Yeah. Um, there was some comments from the actual girl reviewing it in the article uh, that I was able to see. Yeah, they talked about you know just she she felt it coming on and she pushed herself through. Yeah. To to do so. I mean. Yeah. Again, it's not like. Um, you know, well, again, she felt it coming on and she decided to push through. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's not just kind of bam in your face, right? Yeah. Um, and also, you know, she's a game reviewer. It, she like, knows. This is her profession, it, right? She, and like, she, so she would know that, you know, these things are a possibility and totally. all of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it sucks that she had a seizure, you know, totally. but, uh, but yeah. it's not really overly surprising that. No. These kind of things cause that, no. you know? especially um, for a game that's clearly sort of bathed in neon. And, yeah, and no, stuff, like you know? even just from the trailers, uh, off yeah. the bat, I thought it would bother me. You know, like yeah, I was me like, too. I think it, like you know, I was a, a little like, whoa, it's a little much. You know, like, uh, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think a warning label uh, or a warning at the beginning of it is a good idea. Sure. I mean, I you know, I don't want people to, I mean, there's been, you know, uh, we don't really have to get into it, but there's all kinds of Twitter hate going on. Oh, like, yeah. How could you do this? You know, CD Projekt is intentionally trying to make give us seizures, all sorts of nonsense. It's just completely. But that's Twitter, you know. Like, uh, yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't anything on Twitter is just kind of like whatever. It's an echo chamber of people hollering and being angry, sure, and sure. whatever. You know, yeah. like keyboard yeah. warriors. <laughs> that's a good people way. that would that never yeah. say this shit to your face for sure. For um, sure, for sure. Um, but you know, when I saw the story. The only question I was really asking myself was, okay, is this any different than any other game that has given, photo, right. you know, photosensitive epileptic seizures in, in previous history? Right. Right? Like, is there anything unique about this one in particular that makes it, that we would give us reason to believe that that's more intense than all the other stuff that also has epilepsy warnings? Right. right. And really, to me, there's nothing in the article that gives any say either way. No, right? no, no. They just don't address that at all. No. And um, I, I mean, so, I, th I think it... I think a lot of things in games can cause it. The game for itself, sure. so like, a, a, for example, like a Call of Duty game that doesn't generally have flashing lights. If multiple people throw flash grenades at the same time, there's a problem right there, you know? If you're sensitive to these kind of things, there's a risk in any game. And, uh, you know, even movies, even music videos. Right, uh, for sure. All kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I'm in no way an expert on epilepsy. I know yeah. nothing about it. Um, I think before, you know, people on the internet keep freaking out, they should maybe think about the fact that there was very little exploration in this article. And again, I wish I could read more information from the actual lady who reviewed it. Mm. Um, I think it was a woman. I, I yeah, it was a woman, yeah. Uh, and, like, I'd love to read more information, but because she oh, was given yeah. very brief clips, I'm sorry, very brief quotes, mm -hmm. that really just are not, uh, they're not long at all, and it's like, I'd love to hear her talk about, you know... Is it actually, is there something unique to this specific game that's making it more intense that people should know about? Because right. people should know about that. Yeah, definitely. It's just highly unclear from the article. Yeah. And the yeah. BBC doesn't explore that either. Neither does the uh, epilepsy, was it epilepsy action? It was uh, um, some foundation, was the, an epilepsy foundation. I feel like epilepsy action, but I can't, I can't remember. It's very possible. Um, but the foundation that was criticizing uh, the game, they also, you know, they don't talk at all about, or at least the quote that they have from them in the BBC doesn't talk at all about did they ask, you know, is this actually any different from... The quote certainly doesn't mention anything like that. Right. Um, they just seem to have a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. And, um, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it was a scary sensationalist headline, but... I don't think it's... Let's, there's very much to it, you know? I, I mean, think CD Projekt is taking this seriously, number yeah. one. And number two, um, we don't know yet if there's anything actually different about this than all the other seizure-inducing games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty um, sure if, you know, uh, if you do have epilepsy, I, I don't think you can play any VR game. I think the problem with this is, like, he puts on, or the character puts on some sort of visor, right? Yeah. Simulating VR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which... There are allegations that, like, uh, you know, th there's a, a super high similarity between the device used to generate the seizures and the, like, the thing that makes the seizures in the game, the brain dance thing, and and it's, like, modeled after real-life things that doctors use to induce seizures. It's That's completely just silly and doesn't say anything. Right, I mean... it's, like, of course anything that causes seizures is going to resemble a thing in real life designed to cause seizures. It's a bit, it's a, it's a non-point. Yeah, it just makes it look like it was intentional. And yeah, it's like, it's, stop making it look like it's intentional. Yeah, like, it's... Just focus on the actual seizure stuff itself. Right. We don't I, need to... 
I would be very curious to actually talk to the person that same here that or or just even just ask a couple of questions, you know, like sure. or, well, just to hear their take on it. Yeah, actually. I mean, there's really honestly, there's just one or two lines. Yeah, in the and, article, right? And it's I mean, nothing. she said she felt them coming on and decided to push through. Again, like that's a decision, you know. Yeah, um, she might have said immediately after too that she's like. Aside from these two few things, there was no issues, you know. We, right. We didn't. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. So I mean, out of context. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's good that they address it. I yeah. think it's good that they add a warning. Yeah. And I think that's a very fair thing to ask. Totally, uh, totally. Like maybe let's calm down a bit. Mm. Clearly, CD Projekt is taking it seriously. Yeah. So don't worry about it. And I, I really don't think they're intentionally trying to harm anybody. I mean, no. it's it just no. it doesn't. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, they have way too much writing on this game. Yeah, it does. It would be completely nonsensical for them it's to intentionally uh, try and offend viewers that way. That's conspiracy theory yeah. level stuff. Like, sure. uh, yeah. that's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so, anyways, to close, what's the point? Is there a point? Is there a point to anything, Teague? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's all pointless. Yeah. All in all, they're addressing it. They're doing a good thing, adding yeah. a warning. Yeah. Somebody had a seizure, that's too bad. Yeah. We'll see how they handle it. That's it. And I think they're going to do something. Exactly. Yeah. That's all that we can ask. Totally. So, since we're on Cyberpunk, uh, moving on to... I don't want to get into the controversy too much, but um, I was hard to not see these headlines of uh, journalists who rated Cyberpunk 2077 a 7 out of 10 harassed, issued death threats on Instagram. Uh, This came from Sportskeeda, which is some sort of, I don't know, weird esports website. We don't need to talk about the actual controversy or surrounding the death threats too much, uh, although they are alleged. But mainly I wanted to discuss this because it was a good way to leap into just... I, I saw an IGN review that was pretty overwhelmingly positive, like 9 on 10, whatever. Had very few critical things to say, like very few negative things to say about the game. Uh, and the GameSpot article, which I was initially attracted to because it was... When I was looking at Metacritic, when the reviews were coming in, the GameSpot was the first one to have a not overwhelmingly positive. Right, right. Yeah, to just have some objections, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was cool and I read it and I was a little shocked to see these headlines after of... Uh, journalist uh, issue death threats and whatnot. Yeah, well, I I would be very curious about uh, to actually... Because, again, in that article, they there were no death threats. Um, it said alleged, and it said that Twitter deleted them. But, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Even if, It doesn't matter, yeah. I, I don't yeah. need to see them at all. It's not good to do, period. Yeah. <laughs> don't do yeah. it. Uh, I mean, whether these you, were real death threats or not... It doesn't matter. You know, don't do it. Just Death threats are never a good idea. That's always going to be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. No, just don't do it. The same know? way that, you know, uh, CD Projekt Red getting death threats for de- delaying... Delaying... Like, come on, guys, Like, come maybe on. just don't do that. Maybe <laughs> maybe people just need to calm down a little bit. You maybe know? take a chill pill. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not... Uh... But, there, yeah, there seems to be tons of contra- controversy around this Kelly Plaga girl from uh, GameSpot, previously from IGN. Yeah, and I did want to actually uh, point out uh, a lot of the controversy about her before was about the too much water comment from the Pokemon review and I so I was curious about this and I actually looked it up and again I found a video by Allison Pierce right um, Alana Pierce Alana Pierce yeah yeah um explaining the situation and the way she well she explained it uh well she explained it and yeah that's not what uh uh sorry who who did the uh the Kelly Plaga I don't know how to pronounce it I think it's Kali Plaga. It's K-A-L-L-I-E-P-L-A-G-G-K-P. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> you just say Kali. Kali. Okay, Kali, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she never said too much water. It was it was in the... Uh... If I could back you up for a second. Oh, yeah, sorry, to give sorry. some context uh, for people who don't know, this is a famously memed thing that she said uh, that everyone 
sort of poop poops on her for yeah. is the fact that she called a Pokemon game, oh, it's just too much water, 7 on 10. Yeah, well, it's, that, it's a massive meme. It's Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's it's a meme, um, but again, it, that's not actually something she said. That was in the summary by IGN of her, but not report, um, review. review. And uh, what she was actually saying was that um, there are too many water Pokemon, meaning that you need to have electric Pokemon to fight them. So basically, not that there's too much water. And there maybe wasn't enough electric. I don't know, but yeah. all in all, not that there's too much water. She never said that. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, it was yeah. just summarized incredibly poorly. Yeah, and people skipped the review and read that. And yeah, it's memeable. Yeah, it's funny, but that's not what she said. And yeah, it's not fair to bash her for that because totally not. There's nothing yeah. like and, and I have, is I have lots of things that I object to about with this uh, this lady and her her review style. But that's not something that's I would... Nothing, I mean, you have to read the stuff. You can't criticize like. <laughs> her for that. You know, like, that had, yeah. that had nothing to do with her, really. I mean, that's... To me, I blame IGN for making a bad summary of yeah. her. Like, because that doesn't get what she was trying to say across. You're 100% right. Um, and I blame the, the people who are saying this stuff for not actually reading the review to, to yeah. uh, illuminate themselves. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just to begin with, She's she doesn't deserve all the flack that she's gotten, you know. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. And as again, as funny as that too much water meme business yeah. is, it, it's it's nothing like no. I she didn't deserve any flack for that. Yeah. She has deserved some flack for a couple of other things, maybe, but not that for sure. Well, that brings us to how it relates to cyberpunk, which is that which I didn't see to begin with, but after the fact, was that she was getting, again, heavily criticized. There are people are bringing up the too much water nonsense, and she's getting lambasted... Lambasted? Lambasted. Lambasted for her... Man, it's so, it's, so, it's so unbelievable. Yeah, there was some, like, one-minute video where she's summarizing things with the GameSpot crew. Yeah, I think and it she... was longer than a minute. I think that Maybe thing was probably minutes? about an hour. The oh, three of them? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that but was there's just a, a one-minute segment. Oh, that was just a segment taken out of it. They yeah. just showed her talking. <laughs> like, yeah. that was that was probably... Take, I, I'm not sure of the full length of the video. It was quite a bit longer. Yeah. Um, and it just picked out certain things she said that, yeah. you know, like, again, if you just look at w- those things, yeah. then it would seem like she hasn't played the game. You know, or... Totally. Well, I only crafted one thing the whole time. I didn't modify my guns. I didn't do... Uh, she talked about side quests. In the actual review, she talks about doing side quests. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't talk about customizing guns and stuff, but she does talk about side quests. Uh, totally. So she did do some side quests. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the synopsis, the one-minute clip that people are, are, are going crazy over, is basically just a lot of negatives, unfortunate negatives from her, being like, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. And it sounds like, without any greater context, that she's saying she didn't really experience a lot of things in the game she reviewed. Right. But if you read the review... It's abundantly clear that... Well, not the crafting, and not the modifying weapons, and not the clothing... Not entirely true. It, it, th- that's technically true, what you're saying, but it's also misleading to say that, because what she also states is that the reason why she didn't interface with the crafting system is because the game never gave her a reason to, which is an extremely valid complaint. And one that I particularly res- resonate with uh, massively yeah, yeah. is that I have a, a really firm belief in game design that it is patently wrong to include any feature that has no sort of reason to exist. Every single feature in a game you create should operate to make the game better. 
If a feature serves no purpose on its own, if there's never any compelling reason for a player to interface with it, it should not be in the game. That's kind of, that's how I, this is just a general. Yeah. No, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, general philosophy of game design for me. Okay, I, maybe not always right, but a general philosophy. I, right. I, I I get I get that, but at the same time, I look at it as more like classes. So if you take a class that only focuses on this, then you're never going to experience the other classes' specialties. So like for example, Skyrim. Well, actually, not Skyrim, no. You want to get into, uh, or you want to focus purely on alchemy, you know? Um, then you may not really get into two-handed weapons, you know? You don't really have to get into the crafting of mm. whatever. And in this, I'm looking at, like, I, I didn't play it at all, but maybe depending on what kind of character you make and what skills you have, it's unnecessary to, you know, increase, right. improve your guns because you're a hacker. Whereas if you were a, whatever, a shooter, I don't know, yeah, shooter, um, sure. then you absolutely would have to, you know? I see what you're saying. So, like, I, not necessarily, like, yeah, I, I probably didn't say it very clearly. Um, I, I don't know, um, but I see, I see the point you're trying to make. I think that your point is correct, but I do also think that it's maybe not exactly the way the system is in Cyberpunk, just because in Cyberpunk you do have to interface with the combat system regardless of what kind of class you are. Okay, yeah. I think... I mean, again, I, I... I would imagine. I mean, it looks like that. Yeah. Gunplay is an integral part of the game, mm. regardless of what class you take. So to never have to touch a crafting system because you're never faced with a situation where the game hasn't given you... The problem is that the game is giving you too many good guns as loot all the time. Right, right. So you since don't need to increase. Yeah, improve. since you're constantly finding guns that are better, the crafting system is moot because you know that there's no point in investing the time in crafting something because you're just going to find another loot that's better in like 20 right. minutes. Right, right. Right? That's in, in that sense, I feel like it's they kind of maybe drop the ball a little bit there, where it's like mm. these two systems are clearly at opposition with each other. Right. One's right. Well, yeah, one's trying to tell you to modify guns to be better and cool, and then the other system is also telling you that you don't need to modify guns to be better and cool because you're just going to find another one in twenty minutes. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so it's a little bit more nuanced than yeah, for sure. You know, I didn't do the crafting. No, it's really like I didn't have a reason to, do to delve crafting. into. Right. She's not saying she didn't like it or didn't want to try it. She's just saying the game didn't give her any incentive whatsoever to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And I I see that as a as a, a valid point. Like, it's arguable. Uh, right? Yeah. Either yeah. Way. No. No. Well, I think it's a uh, again like um, if that is your reasoning for not doing it, then again there's. Mm-hmm. It's valid, you know. Totally, like, totally. Um, yeah. And I, again, I think a lot of the review, uh, a lot of the review is good, you know. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, and also, it's a very nice critical review. Also, uh, I, back to what we were saying before about the rating system, a seven on ten is a good rating. Totally, you know. Totally, um, totally. Like it's 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 quite good, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, I think it was very unfortunate that in that three person talking thing, that section got picked out yeah. and put together. Because it, it really did make it look bad. But uh, yeah. when you read the actual review, it's not so bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very similar to the, the no, to too much water thing. There's uh, things that I don't 100% jive with. No, but, but it doesn't make it a bad review. Absolutely. And, and it was a fair review. Her points um, are super cogent. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, again, uh, the seven on t- uh, the, con- considering the amount of bugs I've heard about anyways, yeah. I mean, like... I think that may even be generous. I, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah mean, bugs are real. Like, yeah. uh, the game does kind of look like garbage on PS4. Well, I don't care that much. Yeah, that's but fine. It but looks I mean, bad. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. wondering what she played on, actually. Yeah, I'm, I think that all the reviewers played on PC. 
Ah, that, or at least all the early reviewers, because I think right. PC was the only versions they were given. They might have gotten a console version like the day of, or, mm-hmm. or one day before, but they couldn't have based the reviews on that because there wouldn't have been enough time. I'm assuming PC. Yeah, yeah, well, but, yeah probably. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, she didn't deserve, uh, well, certainly no. didn't deserve any death threats, and, and Jesus, not yeah. really any flack for it. I she mean, really deserves for people to stop taking her, her shit out of context, too. Yeah. Like, fucking read the articles. You know, before you just keep circulating too much water, girl. Like, yeah, you know, every second tweet, it's like, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's very yeah. unfortunate. I, I had no idea about the too much water thing until I actually looked into it, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> I, this is actually. I think it's a term that you told me about a long time ago. The whole too much water thing. And I'm really happy that someone has finally been able to explain to me what the deal is with the whole too much water because I didn't I didn't even know. I, I had no clue. I mean, yeah, I was I just no like, what? okay, so she said too much water once. I'm like, well, that just sounds like a stupid thing to say in a review. Oh, guess what? She never said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, what, why are you guys making fun of her for something she never said? God, who knows, man? I mean, they really have it in for this girl. I don't know why. Mm. You know, they seriously have it in for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, I disagree with some of the things she says or some of the things she focuses on in her reviews, but... No, the girl's, she's too sensible for that. The girl's I mean, doing her job, and, yeah. uh, and 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 if you actually read her reviews, they're well done. Yeah, yeah, um, she's super young too, and I think she sounds super, very intelligent for someone who is. Uh, she knows what you know, she's talking. Not super. Uh, well, it seems old. like she knows what she's talking about. Anyways, I mean, I just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I think uh, I, I think it's unfair to uh, to bash her. I mean, I think for me to to close. Um, the reason why I was excited about the GameSpot review is because I always feel like with any game with any game or product that I want to know more about that I'm really on the fence about, reviews that are that rate things lowly are always sorry, that rate things poor, more poorly are always uh, vastly more interesting for explaining to you what a product is really like than the ones that just glow about Absolutely. the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. The ones that glow about games are fun to read if you just want to hear people like talking yeah, about how yeah. cool something is. Yeah. But if you want to really know what it's what it's about, you always gotta look at the you have to look at the lowest and and see what they're focusing on. Yeah, though yeah. you know, like I totally. mean, you because yeah. I mean, if the reason they're giving it a bad score is again for something stupid, then you know maybe you shouldn't take it too seriously. Yeah. But it, if it's you know got some reasons behind her criticisms, mm-hmm. uh, which she does have, then I think it's kind of fair. And also, it's not a bad review. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Really and it's not. very clear if you read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's just I mean, not as glowing as other ones. That's no. it. It's not as highly rated as other ones. Which, there are criticisms. There are there are objections. You know. There, yeah. yeah. And the more I'm hearing about bugs and stuff, the more I'm curious about these people that gave it very high scores. I'm like, did you really not experience this, or do uh, they not play any effect in your rating system? I th- I mean, um, I haven't read that many reviews. I'll be honest, but uh, the ones I did read, they totally talked about it. Yeah. They didn't okay. leave it out at all. Okay. They yeah. just you know they it all they impact all, them enough. Yeah. Yeah, they all they mentioned they all mentioned them. Okay. They're all like, "Oh yeah, there's bugs." Mm-hmm. To me, it wasn't that detrimental. Okay, well, um, and so far that's my experience too. Yeah, the thing that I thought was you know that she, the reason why she gave it such a low score to me was mostly concerning the main narrative and its integration with like side quests and the rest of the game and how how the game has a bit of a you know it can't decide does it want to tell the story of V or does it want to tell or does it want to let you tell your own story right like right. there's 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 um these two path these two narrative paths which is a really common problem in games like Fallout Elder Scrolls these two narrative paths the but, sorry the freedom and the central narrative are completely at odds with each other which yeah. is sort of a fundamental problem of open world games yeah and I 100% see what she means well yeah she, you know? she I, I specifically I remember reading uh, her saying that you know like uh, she the character that she had 
developed was pretty much unplayable when she went to certain story missions because it's just yeah. not part of it. You know, it's like yeah, it's like is... the decisions you make don't have any impact in the broader right the main storyline. So you're like, why did I bother developing myself when this other thing ignores the fact that I did that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which again is a very, very valid thing to bring up. I think, and um, you're right. All in all, I think uh, it's not that bad of a review. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, well, listen, we've been going on for a while. A long time. We'll wrap this, um, but we're going to come back in a second and we'll handle, we've got about like five five news, art, news, news things to talk about-ish. I think it's also, you know, it's cyberpunk is the new shit. It is. We'll be right back. Yeah. I don't think, we, we're not numbering things this week. I don't right? think so, no. Yeah, okay, let's just pretend, I think you, pretend that didn't happen. I think at one point you did give something <laughs> a number, but that was the only thing I think. Yeah. Maybe uh, not. We'll see. I'd really love to give everything numbers, but it seems like also I can't do it. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Weren't you into math? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sadly, I was. Um, I, I thought numbers were a part of that. <sighs> numbers are definitely a part of that. Um, so, yeah, here, let's move on to Smash Bros., Splatoon, and other fan communities clash with Nintendo. I read this off IGN. I believe this is primarily a Polygon article, although, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I just thought this was, I suppose, just interesting given the, we seem to be talking a lot about Nintendo. You know, they're always the source of a lot of interesting things. Interesting things, be they good or bad. Um, we've been giving a lot of really, uh, the, a couple of really nice PR uh, articles for them recently, I feel like. Did we? Yeah, I think we like talked them up a couple times. Yeah, no, you, you were coming around a bit because we were talking about how they oh. never put their games on sales yeah, and how yeah, they yeah. treat their consumers nicely and stuff. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how they released Fire Emblem, uh, which I guess, quick shout out, that came out today or four days ago. I can't remember. It's not on the list. Okay. Yeah, that Fire Emblem NES game that was finally localized in the West. Oh, remember it was the very right. first yeah, Fire yeah, Emblem yeah, game yeah. in Japan Right. Uh, I picked that up today uh, okay. just out of curiosity I don't think I'm going to play it but I'll probably try it for a couple minutes it's like, it was like $6 yeah whatever yeah, six Whatever. Um, but yeah they do lots of cool stuff this is a great example of I feel like with this article you know we're, we're sort of it's giving people a window into the really complicated relationship Nintendo has with the people who consume and support their products mm. Because it's basically just weird, questionable interactions Nintendo is having with people who play and and um, stream their games, have like tournaments and whatnot. Uh, this article is specifically about yes, yeah, Splatoon and Smash Bros. There's been Smash Bros. tournament for like tournaments for a super long time. Yeah, I, I remember hearing stuff and about that. It's been a big thing, I think, all the way since uh, I think the GameCube Smash Bros. Melee. Maybe, okay. which is the one in question in this article. Smash Bros. Melee, if I'm not mistaken, it's not an art, uh, area I know too much about. But I think Melee is the one that's the most respected by the fans. Okay. I don't know why, but it's, it's, the, it's the, for whatever reason, it's the king of, uh, they consider it like the, the Smash Bros. Okay. Um, and I think that's the GameCube one. There's also a lot of, over, over the years, before we started this podcast, there's been tons of stuff that I'm always seeing about how Nintendo is really nice in some ways, but then also is extremely um, almost like, I don't know, fearful, has these knee-jerk reactions to whenever anyone tries to do something on their own that's an homage to Nintendo stuff, they really aggressively hit them with like cease and desist orders, right. you know, massive takedown uh, actions. Like there's been all sorts of, I think at one point in time, 
I'm gonna get this wrong, but there was like some. It was like a fan trying to recreate maybe Metroid. Okay. In like a, like an homage to Metroid or something, and like Nintendo was immediately like, "No, you can't continue this. This is our property. You have to immediately stop." And we're talking about people producing stuff for free, right? Like not charging for anything, and and Nintendo's forcing them to remove like these fan recreations they're doing of things, stuff like that. Like Nintendo's been really has a really bad track record for just immediately being like Iron Fist comes down whenever anyone tries to do something on their own that is like in a, a loving recreation right, of Nintendo yeah. stuff because they're just 100% super fans. You know, Nintendo will yeah. just immediately be like, you no. can't do any of that. You know, like, don't mess with our properties. These are RIPs. Like, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't get, I mean, I get why they do this stuff, but they're so, they're such loving homages that it's, it's not like, a good look. Exactly. It's not a good look. And also... You know, honestly, none of the stuff that any of these people are doing is ever going to threaten any of your intellectual properties in right. a real way. Mm. Just let them have their fun. Yeah. You know? Like, when people aren't trying to make money off stuff, when they're doing things mostly just for love of the games, it's like, just relax a bit, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. this particular article... Sorry, I'm just going to read this from the article. Over the last weekend, uh, fan communities have vocally criticized Nintendo's approach to canceling events and serving cease and desist orders. The cancellation of an official Splatoon tournament livestream and the blocking of sale for unofficial charity-focused Joy-Con designs have become the latest flashpoints in the company's increasingly fractious relationship with sections of its own fans. Uh, this is off IGN. That was very eloquently stated. Sorry, the first event, Super Smash Bros. Melee tournament put on by this organization called Big House. It's the, it was a huge uh, tournament on the competitive scene's calendar. And Nintendo essentially canceled this event because of COVID. They can't do the event in person anymore. They used to do the event in person, so they're using this mod for the game that makes the game playable online. It's not playable online, but they're using a mod that's not created by Nintendo. Uh. And because of this, they're telling the guys, "You're using an illegal mod to play our game. It's a you know, it's a breach of whatever. It's like a, using our product service in a agreement. way that's yeah, it's a breach of service agreement." And they they serve they they serve them a takedown and force them to stop the tournament. And everyone's like, you know, we're respecting COVID regulations. We're trying to do this the only way we can. I'm, it doesn't say so in the article. I'm sure the actual copies of the game, like everyone has purchased them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not they're not pirating the game. They're just using a mod to play it to play it to play online. the game. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, also Nintendo, if they wanted to be really nice about this stuff, they could just host this bloody thing themselves, right? Like, instead of maybe giving people cease and desist orders, maybe just support the whole COVID thing and either a don't tell them to stop doing it, or B, if you're upset that they're not playing by your rules, then make a way for them to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know? your way, yeah. Yeah, so that's what started the whole thing. And then the Splatoon thing was after that, there was a Splatoon. You were familiar with Splatoon? No. Splatoon is some sort of, like, uh, I think, first-person shooter arena combat thing. Okay. Kind of like a, a cartoony version. It's, like, with, like, splats of goo and stuff. and uh, like okay. Spray paint and stuff. Like a cartoony version of Call of Duty, sort of. Right, okay. Uh, I think. Uh, and yeah, they were hosting a Splatoon live tournament that was, I think, officially sanctioned by Nintendo to begin with. Um, and what happened was, yeah, as a result of the Smash Bros. Melee thing, a bunch of the names of the teams of people competing in the Splatoon live tournament uh, were using this hashtag free melee uh, thing movement, mm -hmm. which is basically just a movement of people trying to defend uh, the fans' use of of, yeah. of Smash Bros. and be like, Nintendo, can you please stop preventing can you us? Let us use it. Yeah, exactly. So a whole bunch of people entering the Splatoon tournament had hashtag Free Melee as part of their team names, and there was no uh, basically the tournament 
organizers, I think it was officially put on by Nintendo, the tournament organizers said that, okay, after like a day or two, they're like, okay, we're canceling the, the tournament due to uh, executional difficulties. Something like that. Mm. Um, basically, a, a vague answer, just being like, we're canceling it due to problems. Right. Uh, ha- you know, capital P problems. That's it. And this is speculation, but the fans are all assuming that Okay, this is obviously because, you know, we're trying to defend the free melee hashtag in our they didn't say that, but it certainly seems like this is the exact reason why this is happening. The fans go on to by themselves later organize their own tournament, raise money through just donations, uh, and they um, managed to get a prize pool for the tournament. I think it was twenty five thousand dollars, I could be wrong. Yeah. That was actually higher than what Nintendo was offering okay. for the tournament. And then now there's like this this whole sort of meme thing circulating where people are being like um, so Nintendo, you know, you canceled our event. Now we just did it ourselves, and we raised more money than you did for our prize money. Like big win for us, big loss for Nintendo. People are organizing it themselves now because you know they're getting so much flack from Nintendo, and it's worth talking about because it's really important that people understand how Nintendo has a really bad relationship with his fans because you know we want Nintendo to move past that. Right, right, and I mean I don't know how long games tournaments have been going on for and stuff, but to me Nintendo is like what the eighties. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like they're sort of an old school. They have an old mentality of it, maybe. They do, uh, they do. and and maybe don't yeah. quite get where video games are going. Yeah, and yeah. what they have to do to kind of. I don't know. I mean, I'm talking out of my ass here. No, uh, you, I think you're not. But I don't think you are. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, Everything about Nintendo's hardware policies in the last like five ten years, hundred percent supports what you're saying, because every time they, they their systems are always. Okay, Wii U basically had no online... Wii U came out when all the other platforms were already out, right? Right. Like Xbox and PlayStation, they all had their like party chats, mm-hmm. their friends lists, their messaging systems. Wii U had, had the most arcane, like impossible to use friend list thing. Right. I've used it. I had one Wii U friend. It's a complete mess. Yeah. Like their online integration, they don't get it yeah. at all. And then what was even more shocking is that the Switch... The Switch famously, A, does not have... There's no hardware-supported voice chat, right? That's crazy. You know, the way that you plug your, yeah, your yeah. headphone jack right into your controller and everything just works, they don't have any of that in-game stuff. They, they don't have any of that, like, uh, su- actual Nintendo-supported voice chat. Hmm. You have to, like, call your friend on the phone. There's, they released curious? an app later, uh, a, a Nintendo app on your phone, that can handle the party stuff. But it's a separate app for your phone there's nothing in the hardware itself that allows this stuff. That's wild. Yeah, but it, all that to say, you're 100% right. Yeah, they're they in just, the past. <laughs> Yeah, they don't get it in a okay, lot of ways. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they, they can see clear examples from the other companies of just do it like this. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, everyone's invented the wheel already, but Nintendo is for some reason still not. Yeah, they don't want to use it. Exactly. So I didn't, didn't want to derail you, but all that to say, you're not, like, you're totally, uh, you're right okay. in your assessment. Uh, well. Uh, That's too bad, but... It's uh, too bad. I mean, I, I always did picture Nintendo as... Well, like, I think when people... Back in the day, when people thought talked of video games, they talked about Nintendo. It's like, oh, you're playing Nintendo, you know? Instead of you're playing video games. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> that was the the blanket term for video games, right? Like, totally. uh, I don't know. I, I seem to recall uh, seeing some footage of a politician talking ages ago. Like, old-timey, and he... And he does refer to it as Nintendo, and the the person corrects him and is like, "Uh, no, sir, it's uh, whatever." <laughs> and he's like, well, it's just <laughs> no." You're right. Their name has been ubiquitous with uh, gaming as a whole. Yeah, I since mean, the like, beginning. So yeah, that's that's too bad that they're uh, kind of being jerks, but they're a massive, massive, massive 
company, yeah. right? And yeah. most massive, massive, massive companies are kind of jerkish. Yep. They get so many other things right. Let's just hope they can learn from them. Yeah, these yeah, events, yeah, right? yeah. For uh, sure. It doesn't have to be like this. No. You don't have to have an antagonistic relationship with people who are trying to make faithful, uh, loving recreations of your products or supporting your products outside of the way you want them to be consumed. You don't have to have an antagonistic relationship with them. No. It no. can be symbiotic. <laughs> symbiotic. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Cool. Well, moving along to, yeah, a Silent Hill... Gravity Rush creator forms new studio with Sony Japan Studio Alum. Right, but we don't know anything about what they're working on, right? Uh, no. The short answer is no. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I called <laughs> through the article and I was like looking for, you know, oh, okay, so maybe that, you know, maybe it'll be the next PT, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I was that like, oh, be, maybe, you know, and nice. and then, oh, oh, they don't. They're... Although PT probably doesn't exist without Kojima. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, but hey, I mean, maybe these guys just contracted. Well, it was <laughs> you know? Silent He did, uh, Kojima did Silent Hill? Is yeah, that... I'm now confused about that. Let's, uh, I'm going to do some Googling. Is Kojima just not involved in Silent Hill at all? <laughs> did I 100% make that up? Jesus, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I just took it as, uh, I don't know, I, I just thought it was because, again, I heard it from you. Okay, uh, well, listen, the creator of Silent Hill is Keichiro Toyama. Uh, and he is yeah one of the four uh, big names there that left. Um, oh, okay. It's uh, yeah the Silent Hill uh, creator, also the Gravity Rush, uh, I think lead designer maybe. Okay. Um, and a couple other big names, and I'm just I'm just realizing now that I thought that uh, Silent Hill was developed by Hideo Kojima, and I guess I'm just flat out wrong. Well, I I thought that that PT is. But yeah, I but thought I, the original game. I thought Silent Hill was, and PT was the supposed to be the next Silent, the next in the Silent Gate, Silent Hill series. You're correct. But so Kojima didn't work on Silent Hill; he only worked on PT. I don't know. Oh, well, well, regardless, I seem to be wrong. No. Uh, it's actually this Kichiro Toyama guy, and yeah, three Sony Japan developers, Junya Okura. Kazunobu Sato and Kishiro Toyama have left the company to create Bokeh Game Studio. Bokeh. B-O-K-E-H. Toyama is the director of Silent Hill and Gravity Rush. Uh, he's going to be the studio's creative director. Lead Gravity Rush designer Okura is also one of those guys. And Sato uh, was the lead designer of Last Guardian. Last Guardian is the um, you know follow-up by the Ico, uh, Ico company. Uh, Eco Shadow of the Colossus and oh, Last yeah, Guardian yeah, is yeah, their yeah, most yeah. recent. Oh, right. No, no, I do recall now, actually. I was drawing yeah, a complete yeah. blank. A uh, flawed but very interesting game. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, these three are going to lead Bokeh as an independent game studio with the goal of rediscovering the joy in making games, quote unquote. I'm taking this off the IGN article. Uh, and <laughs> Rediscovering the joy in making games? Yeah. That's very curious. I'm, uh, Dude, uh, I really want to know what they come out with. Uh, me too. I mean, wow. I mean, hey, listen to this. I can't say it better than that. This is like, this is such, I, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but this is such stereotypical, just like Japanese effervescent bubbling over with joy kind of talk. You know what I mean? Like they just get sometimes, I feel like a lot of these Japanese developers, the way they talk is like, they say stuff like this, right? They have some sort of, it takes me back to, uh, I'm going to blank on his name now, but the creator of Mario who is, yeah, help me out. He made Mario, Zelda, here we go. Shigeru Miyamoto. 
Yeah, the way Shigeru Miyamoto uh, talks about how he had inspiration for the Mario and the Zelda franchises to begin with is like all these stories about how he was like, you know, like in, like as a kid playing in caves, imagining like amazing stories and like ghosts coming out of the walls and stuff. Like hmm. just the way he talks about inspiration for games. It reminded me of the way these gentlemen are discussing their vision for their new company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so like, it's so upbeat. Rediscovering like, the joy and making it like... Wow. How I, can you not? I mean, I don't know. It's like there's very little information, but how can you not get excited about that? I don't know. I just want to like, be a part of it. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. These like, four amazing heads responsible for a Silent Hills, Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush is so so, but it has a lot of good ideas in it. And Last, you know, Last Guardian, like them just breaking off and making an in, essentially what's going to be an indie studio is amazingly exciting. Yeah. Will they make a new Silent Hill game? Obviously, they can't use the name, but they could do a spiritual successor. You know, yeah. will they do. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but. I'm curious. I'm very curious to see where it goes. Listen, uh, another quote off the off the article. First, I want to fulfill our fans' expectations, but at the same time, I want to go back and enjoy how fun it is to make games. This is Toyama uh, saying in Studio's announcement video released December second, which apparently is a video of them hanging out in a bar and like shooting the shit and like <laughs> and just like being like amazing good old friends. Seems like. Wow. I want to share that feeling with the players. This is what I'll aim for from now on. Yeah, announcement video features three developers sitting at a bar talking about their shared excitement for Bokeh, the studio. Uh, Okura, who will work as the game's studio, uh, sorry, the studio's game director, uh, mentioned that until the formation of the studio, there was always a company providing them with a work environment. Now they're independent, we'll have to prepare everything for themselves. It is hard, Okura said. There are responsibilities, but we have our freedom. That is the most important. I want to enjoy creating from now on. End quote. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's, that's all there is to say. Yeah, that's you know? pretty interesting. And yeah. uh, I'm really curious to see what comes out or what they uh, what they put out there. Because, again, it just sounds... It just seems like there's some serious uh, prospects here. You know, yeah. like uh, something really amazing could come out of this. You know? Totally. And yeah. even if it is just worth trying out and messing around, I- I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I-, I like hearing... I like the way they that they talked about it. Just those yeah. quotes alone made me kind of excited I gotta say it's like I mean I don't want to sound inappropriate but the the Japanese angle I was trying to say before I feel like there's a bit of a a childlike innocence to the way they talk about game creation that I don't see as often in uh, western uh, development okay it's mainly that you know and and it's like this article really uh, made me feel that way too Hmm. like you think it could have something to do with translation maybe yeah I don't know I I really don't know but uh, yeah me too I'm excited yeah very yeah we'll see Cool. All right, so <clears throat> yeah, that takes us to PAX announces its 2021 in-person convention dates, quote unquote, with optimism. Uh, this is off uh, NME.com. Okay. Not IGN. Right. Shocking. Well, uh, oh, that's um, exciting, though. I mean, uh, yeah. talks of actually doing something in person, and uh, it's the first. It's the first time that anybody's really talked about this, right? I mean, yeah. like uh, everything seems to be shut down. Yeah. Yeah, in a, in a time of such doom and gloom, it's just I was just really excited to see anybody talk about even the idea of me you know, of having something in person. Yeah, and they say very clearly in the article, you know, they're 100 percent going to work with whatever safety regulations are in place at these foreseen times. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know yet; it's it's a ways in the future. Yeah, I think the released one is in like June. Okay, um, but they're being 100 percent transparent in terms of just like if it's not viable at that time, we won't do it. Mm-hmm. But if case that it is viable. Well, let's put out a, a tentative date so that people can plan their schedules around it. And they were, they, were, they were saying in the article, too, they're like, you know, if uh, if health conditions don't uh, support, they'll either do it online, they'll cancel it altogether, whatever. That's not the point. Hmm. The point is just they're just trying to look forward to something that could 
happen in a yeah. certain amount of time. And I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. No, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm really. I. I think that's hopeful and yeah. uh, just nice to hear. You know. Totally. Um, totally. Um, yeah, Penny Arcade Expo is. Um, I don't follow it that that closely, but it sounds like a super fun, like just for the fans kind of thing. I never heard of it until you mentioned it, and yeah. uh, all I know is that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. Know, man. Like that's that cool. they're actually talking about meeting. Yeah, know? no, it is. It is. Uh, what else do we have? That's pretty much it for the all the serious news. Uh, yeah, we just got a quick a few quick trailer wraps here. Right. It's very Josh centric. Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can. Uh, you know what? Actually, I would really. Not Dragon Quest. I, I don't know anything about Dragon Quest, but I'd really like to put in my two cents about Monster Sanctuary <laughs> and uh, Brigandine. Uh, because I, like... I watched these trailers. Did you? I did. I did. I, I was like, okay, well, Josh is uh, laying, sending laying me on these me. trailers. So I, um, so I watched them. And um, yeah, they look like crap. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. They're indie games. They're 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 one hundred percent Josh thing. They don't look like crap at all. Um, Direct quote from T. Well, no, or shit. Point five on ten. <laughs> there you go. Or shit. Point five on ten. I like. It. Um, no, they 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 look neat if that's what you're into, and uh, sure. and I'm just not. So this is why Josh. Well, is that is a very a very diplomatic and tactful way of putting that. <laughs> yeah, basically, I just wanted to highlight these games because I I'm. Dragon Quest XI, uh, I'll get right into it. Dragon Quest Eleven S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Just This is just the definitive edition. Okay, been, it's, the game's out, right? game's been out for a while, yeah. yeah. Definitive edition, and definitive edition came out first on Switch. It okay. was maybe, I'm going to say, three to four months ago. Oh, okay, that reason. Uh, yeah, uh, and this is just the definitive edition finally releasing on PS4 and Xbox. Oh, okay, sorry. So it's it's it came out on Switch recently, and then it's on other consoles. Okay, I got you now. Exactly. Uh, yeah, releasing December 4th, just a little while ago, uh, on a PS4 and Xbox. Um, Dragon Quest XI, uh, to summarize really briefly, Dragon Quest VIII is probably the best role-playing game I've ever, I've ever played. Uh, the best JRPG I've ever played. Ah, uh, okay. Um, it's a masterpiece, PS2 game. Uh, I was hoping Dragon Quest XI would be another one like this. I think it is not. Okay. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not. It's not a game that has that doesn't have any value whatsoever. It wasn't what I was hoping for, but it's a huge JRPG with a lot of polish, a lot of high production, a lot of the Dragon Quest charm. I might try it again at some point in time. Uh, I have a lot of. I discussed this a lot with Joel. Uh, he's he's pretty anti. He gave me a lot of breakdowns of like what it was like and. He thinks that the, the magic of, of, of 8 is also really not there. Oh, okay. I might try it again at some point in time, but either way, it's a really high-profile uh, high JRPG. Okay. Well. And the Definitive Edition is cool because there was a feature that was in the Japanese re- release of the game that was not in the West version, uh, and that was you could play the whole game in 2D Super Nintendo style. Oh, okay. Or crazy 3D open world. Okay. They had a way to flop between the two. That's weird. I think it's amazing. It's very cool. Like, fucking genius. Very weird. Like, it's uh, very weird. It wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. There was like a system where it's like you could change over the mode at a church. You had to go visit a church in any town. Okay. And it's not perfect because it would like um, it wouldn't import your save file. It just gives you an approximation of the stuff you have. Oh. So it's imperfect, but just the feature itself. I was like, cool feature. That's really neat. I was upset that it wasn't in the the West version when it released. Uh, this has that now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. It's interesting. So, you know, if, you, uh, if you're in a Dragon Quest, maybe you're trying it for the first time, or you're, uh, you know, going back to it, or you've already played it, but you want to try that Super Nintendo version, it could, could be kind of neat. Mm. Yeah. And then Monster Sanctuary, that releases December 8th on Switch. Okay. And I 
I, I'm now uh, doubting myself, but I'm pretty sure that's also PS4 and Xbox. Okay. Yeah, I think it, I did check. It, it is. So yeah, that's came out two days ago. And Monster Sanctuary, we've talked about it before. I just want to drop it another another nod because I think it does look really cool. Okay. Yeah. We, we for sure, I mean, talking about Monster Sanctuary in three separate podcast episodes, even if it's only for like two minutes, is like bonkers. <laughs> I literally haven't heard a single person all right, talk about all this right. game at so, all. So we're going to have no to mention it next week too. Definitely uh, going to have to mention it next right. week too. From now um, on, we're going to have Monster Sanctuary news. I just still think, I mean, I haven't even <laughs> haven't even played it yet. I bought it uh, today and, you know, I just I just think it looks really cute and adorable. Okay. Well, and like, right. I want to see, I want to see what it's, what it's trying to do. I know you hate pixel art graphics, but... But it did, it, it did actually, as far as, uh, I like, I, yeah, I don't like the art. I don't like platforming i don't like uh side scrollers but the whole being carried around by the dragon thing like uh that was kind of cool and you know pokemon like mechanics in a game that's not pokemon yeah you know that's it's notable Hmm. Uh, so does that mean that you have a pet that fights i have no fucking idea Uh, ah okay okay but it (laughs) looks like from the i just meant by the pokemon mechanics um oh uh yeah in the yes Okay. From everything I can tell so far, without playing it, yes. Okay. Um, like it looks like you collect a team of monsters, you collect them, you evolve them, you give them different abilities. There's a bunch. There's a whole bunch of like monster training thing. Okay. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I saw you know brief clips in the trailer of like him getting into skill trees and giving the monsters different skills and stuff. And I just think it looks like it's got potential. All right. That's well, it. I'm curious to hear about it. Yep. And last but not least, uh, yeah, this uh, this is gonna be this is a little bit direct shout out to Joel. Okay. Uh, so if you're listening to the podcast, Joel, this is you're the only reason why I included this. Uh, not the only reason, but it, the most of the reason. Uh, Brigandine, Brigandine. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Brigandine, Legend of Runergia. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Ru- Runergia, dude. It's it's a hardcore JRPG, man. Releasing <laughs> December 10th, same day as uh, Cyberpunk. Okay. Uh, this is coming out on. I think this has been out on PC for a while. I believe this is just the console console release. Brigandine, uh, I would not know about this game at all if it wouldn't have been for Joel. Uh, he was huge into this game when we were kids. Uh, I think it was a PS1 game, I want to say. Hmm. And basically, it was a, it's a crazy, it's super niche. I have never heard a soul talk about Brigandine except for my friend. And it's like a turn-based strategy game where like you're moving units around on a map and like making them fight each other. But it's kind of like Risk in that it's a big world map, right? And you've got all these different territories to take over, but also there was like, and I'm just talking about the original, I don't know anything about this one, Big Fat Zero. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original, you would pick between six different, like, I don't know, empires, whatever, Uh, and they had vastly different starting conditions. Okay. Like, one would start, like, you know, super experienced units, tons of them, but the commander itself, like, sucks or something. And then another one would be, like, hardly any units, but, like, way more money than everybody else. And another one would be, like, some mix of these two. Another one would have these regions controlled with at the beginning, whereas this one has a very few amounts of regions. Right, just difference, yeah. Yeah, hugely different starting conditions, depending on who you would pick. Sounds um, cool. Yeah, it's, it was neat. And, and a really interesting, like, turn-based uh, battle system where you're moving your dudes around on a grid just like chess, but then they have, like, fancy, like, combat animations when they attack each other and they do, you know, nifty attacks, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a neat game. It was yeah. weird. It was neat. And uh, this is the first I've heard of Brigandine in, I'm going to say, about 10, 20 years. Wow. So, okay. So they, it's something to be, you know, to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, if you're interested in that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like niche, uh, weird uh, JRPG turn-based strategy games, like FF Tactics, <laughs> like shit, shit like that. <laughs> it's, it's niche, but, uh, you know. 
There are people that play oh, those Jazz games. will play the hell out of it, yeah. I'm sure. She really, she, <laughs> I'm she totally sure might. Sure she will. Yeah. It's 100% her kind of game. I might get uh, it for her for Christmas, actually. Uh, hey, <laughs> I mean, I think it looks slick. I mean, I've looked mm. at the footage. Like, it looks like exactly how I remember Brigandine with a really nice uh, facelift. Okay, you know, okay. Like, like, beautiful graphic facelift. I was going to say, if you didn't add the facelift, I was like, wasn't that like 20 years ago? They did? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it looks like they changed nothing other okay. than updating the graphics. Okay. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, you know, I don't really think you have to do anything more than that. Well, if it was <laughs> if it worked well, then you know, like uh, yeah, that's what I got. Oh, cool, cool. Any uh, super secret uh, bonus topics you want to talk about? Should we wrap it? I think we should wrap it. I, nothing comes to mind. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, uh, maybe next week I'll have a good trolling story. Um, <laughs> that's true, right? I mean, I've got a couple, but they're not they're not good enough. You know, I mean, uh, they're funny, but. Uh, yeah, I need some. I need some good hate mail to add to it. You know, you, to, you've been getting some. Nah, that wasn't even hate mail. That was just a, 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 a <laughs> okay, to... okay, stop now. What are you talking? Let the RDO trolling marinate for uh, yeah, for yeah, a week yeah. And see uh, see what simmers up. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure I'll get somebody. Yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, all right. Well, have a good week, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. All right. T, thanks for recording. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.